0: lounge the full house monk breton barnsley this is on the ponty the podcast
1: Up there, this is Wilkie, and this is on thepontiend.com, the podcast. This is part two of our interview with the uh, Reds legend Eric Winstanley. I know you've all been looking forward to this particular episode. Here, we discover why he's always ready to go back and help the Super Reds, what he really thinks about Ronnie Glavin, and just what it was that made the difference to the team that won promotion to the Premiership. It's all right here on on thepontiend.com, the podcast. This is
0: on the the podcast.
1: Somebody else has been in touch, and, and if you're listening and you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's podcast at on the Pontiend.com. Uh, Tony's been in touch, and uh, you might remember Tony from a previous f- episode that's the Saskatchewan Red. How are you doing in Canada, Tony? I think it's a similar question, um, but first of all, he just mentions or likes to mention that he actually got married on the day that Barnsley got promoted so obviously it holds some very special memories his wife thinks it's because of that particular mm-hmm. event but he does actually assure me it's actually because she got promoted so you've met am <laughs> <laughs> a man in Canada very happy there, Eric thanks very much for that I'm going to change his question slightly because I think we've already asked this one already but um, you've stepped in previously when, uh, when other managers have stepped down um, it is entirely hypothetical it could be this year it could be in five years Eric but in terms of Barnsley Football Club if you're ever um Requested or asked to come in and fill in fill any role, whether it be the manager job or otherwise. Are you there still for Barnsley? Yeah,
0: always will be. Always will be. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I, I can't try and say that I wouldn't help Barnsley. Out or I would love to be employed by Barnsley. I didn't want to leave Barnsley in the first, you know, stage because um, we had one of the best teams behind the scenes at Barnsley, mm-hmm. that probably Barnsley ever had. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to individuals that's been since or mm-hmm. before. Uh-huh. But it was working fantastically. Uh-huh. Youth, yeah. everything was coming through. We tried to, everything was geared. When we got promoted, there were seven or eight lads that had come through the youth. Yeah. So we were, we were nurturing that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen just overnight. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a feeling for that and it's easy to turn around and say well it's not the easiest way because a lot of managers wouldn't mm-hmm. a lot of managers wouldn't wait for the time for kids to come through it may get the sack yeah mm-hmm. but we started it at Barnsley and we maintained it yeah and we kept it going and what happened was that we bought players into the premiership side you John Henrys Wardy yeah good players great players mm-hmm. Not, I mean great players for Barnsley yeah. mm-hmm. uh, good players that n- made the difference but the difference was already made with the nucleus yeah. of Barnsley young kids that had come through Yeah. Mm-hmm. in other words without them you yeah. wouldn't have got John Henry's you wouldn't have yeah. got Wardys, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and bought other players for much more money
2: Yeah.
0: but it's they were the the, the the basis of the side mm-hmm. that enabled John Henry at his later days to come and score goals that took us into promotion yeah mm-hmm. and then we got Wardy in yeah, and, yeah. you know Paul Wilkinson had done a fantastic job yeah mm-hmm. thanks Eddie. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know all, all these yeah that mm. had done the run the butt off for Barnsley yeah and you get that through mm-hmm. the, the, the club being correct, the okay. club being right, uh-huh. the staff being right. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about myself. No, not I'm talking all. About everybody around about it, whether they be in the office or oh. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything was geared to that club mm-hmm. helping the players, and the players responded. Uh-huh. And then when the players came through and they were able to go and give them the chance, mm-hmm. you know, you could have looked at either of them and said... I don't think he could play it, I don't think he's going to play it, he's not going to play it. But they came on. So you're giving them the the, the exposure and you're giving them the chance to be players. Uh Then when that momentum kicks on, then you bring good players in with them, it gets even better. Mm -hmm. But them good players couldn't come here... Yeah. and be successful without the nucleus being right. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Anderson came from abroad. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Struggled in the first year when we went up in promotion. Yeah. If it had been another year. you know. But your question was, uh, would I love that? Would you job? be there? Yeah. I can remember a few years before that. I was always ambitious, you know, but I was always ambitious for Barnsley. Mm-hmm. But myself as well, because... You know, you think you could play, mm-hmm. you think you can coach yeah. and you think that you'd like to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I can remember one, no no, no name apart, he often sees me now and he'll say, can you remember this and that and he, he, he jokes about it. But he once said to me, he says, you're going to have to leave Barnsley mm-hmm. if you ever want to be a manager. you a director. Right. And he said, uh, and I knew what he meant. Yeah, What he was saying is, Go and make your name somewhere else, and then come back, and you could be. And I just said to him, I said, "Well, I can't understand that. Yeah. If I'm doing all right, okay. job my job here, and I'm not after the manager's job. Yeah. I was happy to be coach forever with yeah. Alan Clark. He yeah. was a fantastic, yeah. bloke yeah. fantastic bloke to work for. Norman Hunter were fantastic blokes to work for. They lost the job because." things weren't going enough that they could keep the job. You know, other people thought, well, we we needed this or we needed that. But they were great to work for. Yeah. And I was happy to work for them for the rest of my career. But if somebody was going to say to me, would you like to be a manager?
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, and and it was my decision, then I would. But I I was told, you'd probably have to leave. Uh And I couldn't understand it. And I said, well... I can't understand that. Yeah. I can't understand personally because if I'm so doing all right, you think, why not do it for my own club? Yeah. Why do I have to mm. go away? Yeah. And, you know, in answer to the question, yeah. but I was quite happy uh-huh. to do what I was doing. I was quite happy with Danny Wilson. Yeah. It, it, it was that, that, you know, you got the staff there was spot on. Yeah. Mm. Colin Walker with the youth. Yeah everything was working sublime yeah mm. and now then did everybody in the, in, in, in the football world or in the country think that I could do my job Colin could do his job you know when it comes to people and saying well who's the best coaches if I want to make the best we well, probably won't be in the first on anybody's list but what I'm saying is it was working yeah mm. and that's a big thing mm-hmm.
1: you know and you said they were all you know his stages are building um, probably like you know during his uh, you know his early conversations he started somewhere I mean you finished your playing career um, how did you get back to Barnsley what was the situation at the time how did he come back back to the club
0: well I Norman Remington I always got on great with Norman Remington because Norman as I told you he, he went down to Lillishall he was the first man that you and I was always interested in... I used to like to get side of Johnny and that. What was, was the best players? And he used to tell me about, you know, yeah all my heroes, like Johnny Kelly. Mm-hmm. And players like that who were fantastic players for me. Arthur Kay. I mean, Arthur Kay was unbelievable. I went, I went to Arthur Kay's first game for Blackpool at, uh, when he took over from Stanley Matthews. And it was Barnsley Feast Week. Third week in August, first mm-hmm. game of the season. Who was there? Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Our old fella go. took us, all the all the, all the, all the family. He said, "Well, I'll take you to Bloomfield Road." were well, that many people there, Paul, that they had to go up, they had to take them over the, uh, um, they, they had to put them over the wall and sit yeah. behind the goal. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there must have been ten thousand more than what the capacity was, the and yeah. they would have be, all been... Mm. Uh, Barnsley man, fans, it, yeah. Just to see Arthur Kay there. Yeah. So I'm stood on the on the on the cop here, and with an old man, mm-hmm. and he's saying, and you could just see him in that far corner there. You know, and Arthur Kay's is playing against Banks Bolton, mm. and what it, what it, he was, you know, that that was for a young kid like myself was, mm. and and that year he was in the shadow squad for the 1958 yeah. World Cup, wasn't he? You know, yeah. Arthur Kay. Mm. Mm-hmm. and then people said to me oh you, you played a lot of games for Barnsley you know and you were a good you know They okay. say nice things about you <sighs> I think <"Hey." laughs> different class <laughs> <laughs> different class
1: so <coughs> good. what were you doing when you got back to Barnsley what, what, in what capacity did you get back into club? well I came I came back from 77
0: uh, when uh, I left Chesterfield I went coaching in Zanzibar yeah East Africa Tanzania and uh, I came back after a nearly two year war broke out, so I had to come back. Your fault. <laughs> Wouldn't be my fault. <laughs> and uh, uh, I came back and I finished up had a young family. So I'd better get things going here. I wanted to stay in the game, I wanted to coach and like I was saying to you before about Norman Remington, is that Norman you could sit down and he'd tell you about coaching and so from a very early age yeah. I got my first badge preliminary coaching badge I was only about 22, 23 gotcha. um, I went in 1968 to uh, Zambia actually for three months we like Graham Taylor and mm-hmm. that's how I knew Graham and um, so I was really into coaching and Norman was he used to spring everything in your mind, you know. But he used to think, What about so and so? You know, and, 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 he, and I was a young player. And if we were having meals, he'd be salt and pepper, pot, and this and that. <laughs> he would be center halves and he'd, he'd be left back. It all got to that. He was, Norman was a, was a great, great enthusiast for such as myself. So that's where I got. So when I again then went to finish playing. I was already into coaching, right. and that's when Arthur said to me, he says, well, I can't take you on here, but wherever I go, you'll, you'll have a job. Mm-hmm. Come to me, you'll have a job. I never took that, that upon him, right? But it was just a nice, kind word that you, uh. you normally get from people, you know, yeah. that you've done all right for, and he was he appreciated it. So when I came back then, I thought, well, I got it. So I finished up going into retail business, actually. I had a mini market up in Mount Breton. Right. And uh, set that off, and I was in that 18 years actually, but uh, that helped, helped to uh, bring two boys up, and uh, and then just by going back there on odd times, and I'd see Johnny and, and and Norman Hunter, who I knew Norman, yeah, only slightly, but I knew Norman, and Alan Clark, and mm-hmm. just at that moment Alan Clark left to go to Leeds, mm-hmm. and. Um, they invited me down. So I, I went down to see Johnny, and they invited me on to uh, the... Uh, the lottery. Right. Just to use the name, local name, and say, right, yeah. you know... We're not blah, blah, blah. Bobby, yeah. yeah if, any, if anything comes on, yeah. football-wise, and Bobby Collins was youth coach we when Norman took over. And then... Um, I used to go in at Christmas time or Easter time when they'd load the kids down and, and help Bobby coaching kids and that mm-hmm. <coughs> and um, and then Johnny decided to retire so they called me in again and asked me if I wanted to be uh, Chief Scout I, I didn't want to be really but it was it was one way of getting near to football mm-hmm. you know and um, so Johnny retired went up in the boardroom and I took off his, Johnny's job as chief scout. And then the year after Norman asked me if he if I you know, you he wanted you'd see me coaching and that and doing he says, Well, I want you to come and be coach." so that.
1: that's yeah, when I got back in, in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the playing squad at time, just to, to bring out some some probably old names from from that first team that you were coaching. Um bit who, who like play players at that stage Eric when I first come back in coaching well yeah coaching <laughs> club I'm that good. was
0: like Mick McCarthy right that mm-hmm. was after the, the good side Ronnie Glavin yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banksy on. yeah and I was uh, influential in doing quite a few deals like <laughs> you know uh, like Mick going to Man City yeah um, Banksy mm-hmm. going to Leicester yeah mm-hmm. uh, you so, um, sold jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the blame. <laughs> but uh, I think Ian Banks, if he'd have gone to anything, I think Leicester was a good club. Yeah. A very very good club. I think if if Banks here had gone to somewhere where they bought good players, to mm. to be able to, I think he'd got abilities to do. You know. If in other words, if if you went in with a club that was struggling in in a division, and mm. it, it became harder for for such as, you know, Ronnie Glavy was a good <coughs> player. They're they good. I mean, that's how I was unlucky not to do what we did. Yeah. Later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The team that led later on. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm still I, I'm still sure that some of them lads, <coughs> when they saw that what happened. With that team that went into the Premiership, so oh, yeah. well, why didn't we? Yeah. Because that was some side. Yeah, McCarthy yeah. and yeah. Ian Evans, mm. and um, Ronnie Yeah, that was some side. Yeah. That was a that was a great side. I mean, I came back from Africa and, and I watched that side, mm-hmm. uh, and then got involved slightly, but they 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 some great great fo- football was played then.
1: I mean, it's always difficult to make comparisons, but I've got Mick and Paul here, and I mean, comparing the promotion squad to the side that Eric's describing, what would your take be on it? Well,
3: footballing-wise, the running Lavington era, they were far superior to the one, I think, that actually went and got promoted. Right. The one that got promoted, I mean, listening to Eric earlier, they played for each other, Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing. There were no big stars in the team, but mm-hmm. they all knew what job they'd got to do. Yeah. And they did it well enough to get them up. But the Ronnie Glavin side, I used to just stand at the back of the goals in them days mm-hmm. with my mouth open. I just couldn't believe the football,
2: mm-hmm.
3: the one touch football, and the pass and move that mm-hmm. we were doing for basically three seasons. Yeah. You know, two promotions, and we should have gone all the way. I think mm-hmm. we were. Maybe just one, two, two players shorter actually going all the way. Mm-hmm. I thought they were a fabulous football inside. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's one thing that would happen. I think at Sheffield Wednesday, I think we played there, and Derek Parker got injured. Yeah. And I think at that time, you know, we're losing Derek Parker uh, to that side. I think if he had being fit and played on for the rest mm-hmm. of the season, they probably would have got promoted. Right. And I, I, think it would, I think there were a lot to talk about getting players in to replace him, mm-hmm. which didn't really happen. It it didn't happen. You know and uh, I, th- I think that's probably just what cost us getting up Yeah, but the, mean, the, you know it's a great side
1: I mean still talks about now I mean Glavin. I mean mm. a lot of fans still Eric mm. still call like God good player good mm. player how did we get a player like that from Celtic how come there weren't anyone else snapping his heels to sign him they went a chip shop down trying to deep fry his Mars bar or something yeah. go on uh, no, that's the that in as I'm much as you can say right, you know, I mean, something why were like Barsley uh, fighting uh, for a signature like that I I mean I didn't know Ronnie Glavin right? okay. I mean I came back and I was
0: started watching Barsley and, and going down to games and I saw you know some of the f- football that were being played at that time and I, I'd heard about Ronnie Glavin, you see, so mm. I thought, well, I'll go down and have a look. To me, he didn't play really well. And and I thought, what's all the commotion mm. about Ronnie Glavin? I could tell he looked a good player, but I thought to myself, he looks, he's coming for balls in midfield and blah, blah. You know, like you're looking at things, and I'm thinking, mm. but when he gets in the box he's like Dennis Law he's electric you know he's Mm. somewhat special that he can see what's happening around about the box and he can sniff goals out yeah so I went all night and I thought I I think he's he's not a midfield player he's a striker but not quite big enough to play a striker or to influence self up there yeah and actually that is what Ronnie was yeah And, 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 and people knew that or became known on that, yeah. but as for a midfield player getting forward, now once they bought Ray McAilin, mm-hmm. who yeah. was me at Chesterfield, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they bought Ray McKay, you've got the fella that sat there and said, "Right, go on then, Ronnie, I'll do this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And all of a sudden, you saw what yeah. Ronnie Glavin was about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Ronnie Glavin was one of the best uh-huh. at doing that. Now he, he came to the fore at Scotland. I, Heard later about him and played for <laughs> Scotland, international, yes. yeah. and yeah. bright player uh, that could turn chances into goals. But you had to live with that, yeah. and them players like that, you have to be, yeah. you have to you have to live with them, and other players have to live with them, yeah. and they are, they become better when somebody appreciates and says, "I'll do that role for you. You go and do that." And Ray McHale used to say to me, Eric, I'm not bothered. He can, he can score goals, he can get all... If I keep getting bonuses and we're winning, I'll keep doing this job. Yeah. Now, that's professionalism. Yeah, And that's what you need in your team. Yeah. And once you realise that, mm-hmm. you know, near Redfern was a, was a bit of a... same... Yeah. wanted to score goals yeah. he wanted to be one to score everything he wanted everything until yeah. you sat him down and said hey that <laughs> you're good at that yeah. but you've got to get somebody that can do that along that you can't do it all yourself yeah. and, and, and appreciate that others can help you to be a better player and once you realise yeah. that you became a better player
1: it's funny you bringing a name in there because really, somebody else that we're, we're reading you know, the website itself um, titles himself Up the Colliers <laughs> um, said that do you think in 1996 97 that uh, Neil Redfern was the main reason Barnsley gained promotion to Premier League I'm sure there's lots of reasons but
0: what's, yeah, no, no, um, Neil actually came came of age at that period mm-hmm. he was a little bit up and down playing wide right played for Oldham wide right tucked in played up and down the wide right Wanted to play midfield, but didn't uh, really grab all of the midfield as such. When he'd got players alongside him that could do the grafting for him, which but he would always graft as well. Oh, mm-hmm. this fella, he was fantastic. Every time we started the training session in the morning, I'd say Neil, warm him up. And he'd get him out, and it, it was there every morning, mm-hmm. and you got people like Chess saying, Redders. <laughs> and he took Doug out this morning because <laughs> he was always up for it. He had every morning he came in, he was up for it, was Redders, and that he was a great pro. Yeah, God. but what he did, he changed his game and he started listening, whereas he'd been a mm-hmm. little bit of a you know manager don't really understand me or I'll be that wrong with them. Yeah. All of a sudden he got interested and he'd listen to what you were trying to say to get the balance right. Mm-hmm. No, no, Redders don't go following the ball over there. Stay here. Stay here. Just watch them get develop it and then get in the box. And then he come back and say, Hey, I've learnt something here And he, and he started you getting go- No, he was starting to think about the yeah. game a bit more like mm-hmm. and he became a better player and he became a good manager. Now, mm. I'm saying now, two years before that, yeah. would anybody have thought that Neil Retford would have been manager of a successful Barnsley side? Uh, captain of a successful side?
1: Mm. I don't know, mate, would you? A mm. couple of years before then? No, not really, no. Mm. I would mm. have thought so. But again, what do play. I know?
3: They were a, mm. As I say, he, um, he improved and he... he he got to where he was kind of just lurking about at the edge at 18 yards as if he knew instinctively that they were going to come out to him at one stage or they were going to get it squared to him and he was, then he was going to have a shot You know, at, yeah. a la Bobby Charlton and, and I think that's uh, that's when he got to be like, like Eric says when he was wandering all over the place he was getting a bit lost but when he, uh, he finally found his position on the pitch I think that's when he, he improved definitely I think Don't. you'd
0: have had A battle on your hands If you'd have had Ronnie Glavin and him At the same side. <laughs> I'm sure Yeah,
3: yeah. You know
1: yeah. You wouldn't have had Somebody prepared to sit in And mm. you know Do the nasty mm. stuff I suppose um, I'm actually going to Take the spotlight Just off you briefly Because uh, the same writer Up the colliers Also wrote into uh, The podcast And uh, I think Has probably got Me and Paul mixed up Yeah I am Wilkie So is Paul <laughs> um, Wanted to know Did you play for Elder Youth Under 18s Around 1970-ish I certainly did <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Answers your question. Yeah, so, especially team. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we started, Paul. Let's go back to the beginning again. How did it all start happening for you? <laughs> well,
0: we it started. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, whoever you are up the Colliers, um, maybe I can get you in touch with Paul. Just write to us at com, and I'll, I'll definitely forward your details on And Maybe you can catch up with Paul yeah. um, Going through 80s, Eric, I mean, this coaching role. It seemed to develop in different ways. I mean, obviously, when Danny came on scene, an assistant manager, so your influence has grown the club all the time. Um, I go back to what you originally said. It's it's genuine, genuine, or gen, generally slow progress towards towards the goal that we got. So, what's happening for you personally during this period between sort of Danny Wilson and you arriving on coaching staff? As as your career developing? Well, I I was
0: coaching with Alan Clark mm-hmm. uh, Norman to Alan Clark Bobby Collins mm-hmm. went 20 odd games undefeated uh-huh. Bobby Collins went beat Southampton at Southampton mm-hmm. the League Cup mm-hmm. then he gets the sack mm-hmm. no. why? no well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, things happen in football now. It's still mm. happening in football where people get sacked. You wonder what the hell's that? Yeah, went twenty odd league games undefeated. Yeah, mm-hmm. and did it fantastic job, mm. and it was starting to, to develop then. Yeah, and then you got the situation where um, they changed it. Again, he got the sack. Alan Clark came back in. Yep. Where the situation where he sold uh, Erstey. yeah, uh, 250 grand. Mm-hmm. 200 grand, probably 50 grand on top of that. Extras when he mm-hmm. made it. Became such a great player. Yeah. Such a good player. Unlucky as well through injuries. Mm-hmm. And, but went to Sheffield Wednesday for that sort of money. Could have gone more and then finished up, he would have gone to Man United. Mm-hmm. But Sheffield Wednesday kept him.
1: Yeah.
0: But behind that as well of him being was um well Jangles manager mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um Manager. Oh. No, Matson No, 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 no um, for Sheffield Wednesday ex Manu Oh Ronakinson. Ron Atkinson, yeah. Oh, Rana-kinson. 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: Ron Atkinson.
0: Ron, Atkinson. Ron Atkinson made the, made yeah. David yeah. I mean, because it was slow football, slow football yeah. and then you got David coming in and getting goals and gets into England side mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he had one cap or a yeah, few caps he, did, he that that. Yeah, caps, yeah. It looked as though he was on the verge of being they kept him there, at yeah. Sheffield Wednesday Yeah, good good player, but Alan sold him to balance the books at Barnsley right? yeah. mm-hmm. in a different situation
2: yeah.
0: and then add the money and then I used to I'll be honest I used to say to Alan Alan spend it no I can't I can't put this club into what it was before Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said well you'll get the sack and somebody else will spend it <laughs> <laughs> you know so I'm supporting him yeah because mm. Alan was a great guy yeah Yeah. he loved yeah. Barnsley Football Club yeah he didn't want to put him in the position where when he came back mm-hmm. they brought him back because they were struggling a little bit financially and they brought him to sort that out he used to yeah. go around mm-hmm. turning lights off In <laughs> dressing rooms <him was> Alan <laughs> hey yeah. hey turn them lights off we're yeah. saving electric yeah. we, you know that was his way of turning around to old football club and saying this is what, what, what we're doing now we're saving mm-hmm. money yeah because we're in a position we, we're, not, we're not earning the big money sold David Hurst to, to put that right yeah. and then didn't use the money
2: mm-hmm.
0: to then improve himself so that he could be stronger mm-hmm. as a manager Melded doesn't he
1: well <laughs> no but you know because there's a lot of politics in football well no no that's covering politics. politics but like I said I think you'd said um, you know, spend it, Alan. Otherwise, someone else is going to come in and spend it. Yeah. You know, I think I'm just making a point yeah. there. I think it's mm. no, it's a, it's a fact ask. in football that that's what happens.
0: Yeah. yeah. And he used to say, "Well, I don't want him, I don't want him to put him back into that position where mm. we can't buy a player, or we can't. You know, we can't sign a player because we ain't got money to do it. Yeah. He didn't want to put it in that position again. Yeah. So I said, "Ah, but mm. let, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it because it needs it now. We ain't got Hurstie as a player.
2: Yeah." Mm.
0: But we might get two or three players for yeah. the price that we paid for him mm-hmm. or sold mm-hmm. him for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's things that, in football, logically, what you think about, what you discuss yeah. as a staff, yeah. et cetera. But he didn't, he didn't want to do it. And yeah. then he, had, he fell because of that.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mel came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mel came, he wanted to bring his own men in, and, then he, and, he, and he said to me, well, I want you to take over the youth. Mm-hmm. so I took over
1: the youth and uh, we got we got that going we got that going Well, that in a way sort of a bit of a blessing in disguise because I would imagine a lot of those players that would have ended up in that, in that squad that later got promoted yeah. were joining you in that, in that system yeah
0: we I've, I've I've always believed that in this area in Barnsley yeah. you've got players born and bred players footballers in them days I'm sure they are now Mm -hmm. but if you don't encourage it or you don't see it and you don't want to see it through why have a youth policy if you don't see it through Mm
2: -hmm.
0: why have a youth policy and then say it's not working many managers make an excuse of if I wait for the players to come through I'll be sacked before they come through well then if I'm sacked but when I leave I know that behind me Mm -hmm. is a good healthy Mm -hmm. situation to football club isn't that better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I, I could never understand that right so, And to be fair to Mel, he used to say to me, Eric, you, you, you can do brilliant. Mm-hmm. You can do brilliant. It'll like, never be good enough because I, I could be sat before they come through. Yeah. And Mel, he was like that, Mel. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he used to say, well, I'm doing my job. We'll do it as best we can. We won the non-intermediate three years on the top. That's mm-hmm. that's nothing. But then players came through it. But then what we're trying to do is to make him realise what... How important it was to win, mm. not not just to play, but to be players and win. Right. You know, you can be players, you can be fancy dance you can play this, but not everybody can be winners. And I think them lads that came through all knew what it was to be to win, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how important it was. And,
1: um, and 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 that that's what happened. What what actually happens, you know, I mean. A young lad comes into Barnsley Football Club, and maybe you want to name name names. But you talk about your experience there. Can you name any players that you took right from scratch that people recognise of having had a career with Barnsley you know, at any stage? Who were in that particular first team that you were taking or first group, <coughs> up, as it were? As youth, yeah. Uh,
0: well, you got players. I mean, Andy Little, Andy Little, Davy Watson, Scott Jones, yeah. Nicky mm-hmm. Eden, Scott Jones. Eddie Moses, um, Tyler, Carl yeah. Tyler, to like Forest, did Yeah, Carl yeah. Tyler right. was the first. Carl Tyler, only came. To, well, <coughs> <laughs> there's, there's other people at the club saying it's that, but Carl Tyler came to Barnsley mm-hmm. because I played with Ken Tyler, his father at Chesterfield, right. And right. he signed for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Ken said to me, Eric I've got a lad playing. You know, he signed for Sheffield Wednesday." I said. So I was in youth then at Barnsley. I yeah. said, hey, well, I know I might have been before I went down to the youth. Yeah. So anyway, he says, I said, well, send him over. He says, I can't send him over. He's signed for Sheffield Wednesday. So I went to watch our youth side, juniors, at Owlerton against Sheffield Wednesday. U. So I'm sat with, and Ken's there. Ken Tyler was a good full-back. <laughs> good player so Ken he says I said hey Ken how are you doing what's your match like he says yeah he says I says how's your kid is he coming on alright they went ask him he's there <laughs> so I looked side of me and he's up there <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking up and I'm, and I'm six foot two whatever yeah. I looked up and I said hey how, are you? how are you doing all right? he says I'm not doing so bad he says I think, I don't think I'll be stopping here. So I said, well, I've told you old man, get over to Barnsley, we'll look after you. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a left winger from the same village. I said, get a lift over with him and come over. And he came from Aston area. And the, the manager of the Aston football club team or the direct, or the chairman or whatever was involved with Sheffield Wednesday. So it was a bit political again. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, get your release and come over. A few weeks later, his dad gets in touch. He said, we've got his release. But he said, this fella's going daft because he took him there mm-hmm. and he's something to do with Sheffield Wednesday. So I said, well, as long as you clear it with him, fetch him over. and he came over I was with the first team because I'll tell you, who was the youth coach. Then was Frank Barlow. Mm-hmm. Frank was the youth coach, and all um, played with me at Chesterfield. And uh, he came over, and came over
1: for a few weeks, and we signed him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's how. Uh, I, I mean, those going. names that you're mentioning. Um, I don't know the degree, Paul of I me, mean, but that 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 that, that, would that Scott funny.
0: Jones come out of that one as well, <laughs> yeah. Because right? Scott Jones played in the same team at Aston. Mm-hmm. So Carl Ty- Ken Tyler yeah. then phones me up because we've done all right for his lad. Yeah, hey, we've got a lad here. Yeah. he's been mm-hmm. at Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Yeah,
0: they don't want to know about him. Mm-hmm. I says, mm-hmm. I knew without looking at him. Ken, send him over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't need to go and have a look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by that time, then <coughs> I was do- I was with the youth, because okay. mm. Frank had left, Alan had left, Alan Clark had left. Yeah. So uh, and and Al Maiti was in then, yeah. and uh, he came over. Scott just one night under lights. Don't forget, at that time at Barzey as well, we were probably the only league club in for miles and miles around that had lights. Mm. This is before we changed it to all the academy.
1: <coughs> yeah.
0: Mm. But, uh, they had Queensground Ground had lights yes. mm. they weren't very good <laughs> when I was a kid and on an apprentice yeah. we used to paint the balls white because yeah. we couldn't <laughs> afford white balls mm. so we used to paint on white throw it on for 10 minutes until paint come off yeah. and then but throw another the one on cases
1: or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: so that was a situation so lights were on and I can name many many players that's come down to well yeah. on trials yeah. and go, gone and done things other places yeah. but they've mm-hmm. been to well. Yeah. Because mm. we were the only club yeah. that had lights at night and you could mm. invite kids down. Yeah. Mm. And uh, he came over, it's Scott, and I said, I'll sign him. Uh-huh. Trained with us, I said, I'll sign him. Scored two against Man United. United yeah, yeah.
1: It really? it. So, so I've been nucleus to those sorts of players. Don't done a lot since, by the way. No, it doesn't matter right. I'm okay with it. to Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> that is the point. Yeah. Okay yeah. That is the else. point. Yeah. Yeah. Just but me
0: all managers look at it and think, well, what have I got? What players I've got? It's it's some players. Yeah. Just fit in, mm. right? Yeah. Mm. And 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 you get the right blend together. Yeah with the right response and all them lads wanted to play yeah. mm. for Barnsley yeah. Scott Jones couldn't run great left foot yeah. good header of the ball fantastic lad knew the ball because he was a cricket fella as well could play yeah. cricket good yeah. cricketer yeah. Mm-hmm. Knows, knows the timing of the ball can watch the ball good eye football you know Mm. Yeah. wherever he went after that when he played in the struggling side because he lacked pace maybe yeah. maybe he, he, he would not look so good yeah. mm. but in the right place at the right time yeah. he was a good player because he got natural ability you,
1: got... you moved on a little bit but in your opinion that nucleus or that group was it a fluke? there's a lot of it a fluke a lot in life is fluke you know mm could so that conveyor belt keep going but
0: you've got to take advantage of flukes ok <clears throat> I think yeah. everybody you know I mean there's a, there's a lot of luck attached to life mm-hmm. I can look at you know that time we'll go, go back on this conversation to Luton yeah I gets off the bus and Billy Alton says mm. he wants you to sign but you're going to go somewhere you know yeah. by the end of that game I was carried off mm. yeah Injured. Yeah mm-hmm. Played the game out actually yeah. I shouldn't have done Yeah But there were no substitutes no in them days then, Yeah But uh, I walked off from Billy Houghton Walked onto the pitch David Pleat who played with me with England Youth, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And a fella called Ray Whittaker Played left wing for Luton at that time Yeah We're walking around the pitch And Dave Pleat comes out mm-hmm. hey, hey, Blah, blah. we were only 17 18 year old lads yeah. year before play played for England youth blah blah talking league game coming up fantastic young players mm-hmm. all those things David Pleat in all his now he was always a very that type of player that studious play. right ok and before I left before I, went, I said oh, let's go and get you Cheers. see you after right. alright David yeah. he said Eric you'll get a good club David says to me. Because yeah. he knew mm. what was happening down London, he knew all what was happening. You know, he said, you'll you get a good club. Yeah. You'll get a good club, I'm telling you. Uh, and then the end of that game, mm. I'm out for nearly two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when he asked the Could question both ways. Yeah. When he asked the question, there is a fluke, but you, no. you know. Go, going, yeah, yeah
3: going back sorry uh, Paul, yeah. going back to conveyor belt touchy subject with me but have we got one now down oh well I mean, not having a reserve side and, and a
0: well I, I was I was well for years and I'm not'm I'm not saying me or whatever but what I was at Orwell for years but I always worked whichever team I worked with and when I was with the first team <coughs> the incest was with the kids mm. you ask Alec Ferguson, I, I took a team when I was youth coach at Barnsley to Man United, and Alec Ferguson, we played Man United's youth, mm-hmm. and they invited us over. We went there and played, and I was youth. Mel old mate, you know, was a big friend of Alex as well. I'm not saying anything, a big friend of Alex because he was at Man City as well. Came round, hey, how hey. do all shook hands, blah, blah, how's the kids doing, The kids were the kids. Mm. Yeah. Mm. and he came round and watched that game when I was at Barnsley when we were first team I used to go Saturday mornings and I'd be with the first team in the afternoon but I'd watch the kids in the morning Yeah, mm. what's coming through what's yeah. co- you know what I'm saying no it, it precisely is, it is paramount mm-hmm. to the wealth and of the club and also the health of, of the club yeah. yeah, and if you haven't got an interest in the youth then you're thinking that the only way you're going to get this club to this club to do that or do that is buy. Mm. That's always the most extreme mm. gamble, sure. Man United mm. is the best club in the world for buying, or, or in this country for buying. Mm. But do, do you think that, that I Ferguson is not going to be interested in you?
1: We've oh, only got to look at how he got. played towards the end of season. You know, like Darren Gibson coming in yeah. and slotting in a precious ra- goal. You'd rather bring in.
0: a kid in than go and buy one, yeah. Alex. Mm.
1: Frugal mm. Scotchman mm. Off, at, yeah.
0: off at Steelworks. Um, he's working ads. on four fronts.
1: Yeah. He's trying to secure a yeah. Premiership title, an FA Cup, a League Cup, and a, and a European Championship all in one go. Yeah. You ain't going to do that with 12 players here, <laughs> anyway. No. It's um, you know. But the foundations it. are there for me. Would it, well, it wouldn't
0: be him mm. to go and say, mm. Mm. "Oh, I'm, I'm with the best club in the world, mm. therefore I'm going to buy yeah. everything mm. I want." Mm. No. Yeah. That, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't be him. That wouldn't be him. That's why he's, he's been there so long. Yeah. If mm. it had been him, he'd have been gone yeah. way back mm. because he on one season of, of gambling on what he brought in as players yeah. would have been whether he stayed or not, yeah. or whether he was mm. successful or not. Yeah. But he knows that, well, he's a football man, and he 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 would rather see a Duncan Edwards come through, yeah, mm. yeah, and then a Scholes come through, yeah, and then a gigs come through, yeah, than mm. any buying millions and millions on players. Mm.
1: I mean in your experience, what's the best system for, for for managing the youth at a football club?
0: Well, listen, coaching is 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 like anything else, is that. You can have a really good coach, you call it luck, Again, fluke, expertise, yeah. Yeah. fluke or whatever, yeah. but all of a sudden you know somebody's got something about them that makes them successful. Yeah. Nobody can put an, a label to it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, who can say what, what? why we went in the Premiership that year, mm-hmm. uh, everything come together, young players. Yeah. Uh, it could be this, that, and the other. Nobody knows, and you know it's all these all these things come together. But there are people that can uh, point the direction. Yeah. And can uh, encourage this. Yeah. And, and find you know. I think over the years if you go, if you look back on managers ex-managers uh, the great managers one thing that's come out of anything humility and also being able to go down to the grassroots the ground roots and, and find players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and know a player you know whether it be Bill Shankly Matt Busby mm-hmm. you know uh, I don't care all, all these modern ones now
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know all these Italians that's coming now you know and the foreigners that's coming out over to England now yeah. the best ones are the ones that show an interest of the club in general everything,
1: mm-hmm. youth
2: and,
0: and when they leave, the club's got to be better, not worse mm-hmm. the club has got to be better yeah. it doesn't mean they're going to be successful but if it's better in other words, there's young kids coming through they've got a youth policy mm-hmm. but what I don't like is when when I hear managers say I'm not gonna, I might not be here when this happens,
2: Mm.
0: but the same. Yeah. We have to leave some there behind, mm. don't they? You know, yeah. right? well, if, sure the that, interest of the job is to see like, what it is in future yeah. when you've left. Yeah. That that's been, It's on your C V
1: Surely You can say, Look, I planted the seeds at that club. Mm. Yeah. Whether or not I took yeah. you know, the if glory at the time. Yeah. Doesn't matter, these players came yeah. through, mm. I instigated that yeah. policy. If you got sacked from a club, you
3: know, and three years later they said, Look at that team that they're bringing out here, they were all there when they were to manage manager.
1: You know, that the public could feel more sorry for you under the Yeah, what a shame. Me, you know, right? yeah. That's the end of part two, and don't forget we've got part three to come. Subscribe to the uh, podcast on iTunes. Just type in the uh, Barnsley FC or on the Ponty end, you'll find us there on iTunes. We should have the download live on the site shortly. In part three. Discover just how close Eric was to leaving the Super Reds um, with Viv Anderson. Just what was what it like for Eric to take his team to Wembley? And also, you can find out um, what Eric Winstanley really thinks of Nigel Spackman. All this is in part three. We'll see you soon. This is on the Pontyend
0: the podcast.